on today's Let's Boogie podcast, guess what? Chris isn't here again, so it is just the dorky glasses boys here. I also did another interview this week with Connor Happer. But hey, enough of my yakking. What do you say? Let's boogie. Let's boogie! Let's boogie. If you have crack, let's boogie. <laughs> no one is going into your no. asshole. I, I, well, I, I wouldn't let him without the crack. <clears throat> another we we have a nice tendency of taking hiatuses that are unannounced and not really <laughs> sometimes we're here sometimes we're not here you know we just uh, you have to you have to we, savor us yeah you have to enjoy us while you can mm-hmm. um so literally since we were last here like a bunch of stuff that we've kind of been talking about for a while people are now talking about again uh, because of the release of trailers or run times or release dates or that sort of thing. Uh, as you probably know, turns out Matt Larson is a real cinephile and I'm just a basic ass movie watcher. But uh, so let's start off with that Star Wars trailer from D23. Uh, a lot of weird shit going on. There is quite a bit happening. Um, just no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, no fog ghosts or whatever that shit was from Lost. Just uh, you know, whatever whatever J.J. Abrams has in store for a finale, I'm sure it's gonna be well received. But um, no. yeah, I just have, um, I just have a bad feeling in my gut. There's something about J.J. Abrams and his lack of being able to close in general that just worries you, me. You've also never you really you really are not a J.J. Abrams guy. No, I, I like. You know what? What's weird is so many people like J.J. Abrams, and I am not a fan. I think he's a hack. But the movie that a lot of people say that he stole from, Super 8, I actually thoroughly enjoy. So it's kind of weird that that's the one movie that I like of his, although I do like Star Trek um, quite a bit. It's a good time. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I I agree. I mean, everyone was overreacting to... uh ray with the uh the sith army knife yeah um that's obviously i don't know if it's gonna be like kylo ren's wet dream or i kind of think the whole trailer was a cock tease if i'm gonna be completely honest i think it all i think i would have to agree i don't know don't know what kind of gas c-3po was smoking those (laughs) eyes were a little too red and some drops yeah get 3po some wd-40 drops (laughs) that man's eyes are fucking burnt um (laughs) no but like i feel like disney has a tendency to um put shit in their trailers that is not necessarily what it's intended to be in the movie like the whole ray thing i think is just going to be like a vision or something uh the whole i don't know what to think of the cp c3po thing like yeah he had so, red eyes he might have been someone looking flips at their, someone flips the wrong switch after 40 years yeah i've had enough of your shit and he just just loses his mind 3po I mean, is behind everything yeah yeah jo- jo- everyone joked about jar jar banks being a sith lord nah it's the golden robot yeah but i mean the perfect thing that i heard was that the only reason they changed his eye color is the ultimate Disney reason, also known as action figures. Yeah. 
You've but got also you've I got, think you've got three PO with the red arm. You've got three PO with the silver leg, but you ain't got him with the red eyes. Yeah, you got to complete your set, Jimmy, or you're not a real fan. Fake fan. <laughs> um, no, I um I think this movie in a way is going to be a disappointment for a lot of people because I really think you're not going to be able to live up to the hype that it's been generating for the past. But there's also years. but there's also people who all, who just think there is no hype and they think yeah. that the last movie killed Star Wars and this movie is not worth seeing, which I mean, I don't I, necessarily agree with that. I but don't it wasn't necessarily agree with it, but I can definitely see where those people are coming from, mm-hmm. because like after, you know, a new hope to Electric Boogaloo, a.k.a. The Force Awakens, <laughs> I just there was so much like fan theories and everything like i don't know why i mean that this kind of was the thing with like game of thrones too all the fan theories ended up being better than what we got <laughs> like the well, what if i find like the really what ifs funny. and the very detailed fan theories they're like shit that would actually be kind of cool and like everyone's like oh what if rays of kenobi or a skywalker or whatever and rian johnson says nah fam she ain't neither of those She's just a she's just a space bum. Yeah, <laughs> I think like what disappointed me especially, not necessarily. I think Disney's reaction to the Last Jedi, the biggest problem with the whole trilogy in general, they didn't plan it out. They 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 literally made Force Awakens without a plan for the sequels, and that was a big problem. But um, then you have Ryan Johnson coming in and completely overhauling everything, saying no more no more nostalgia. He's basically challenging Disney, make a fucking original Star Wars movie. What do they do? This movie, they bring back Palpatine. They fucking call it The Rise of Skywalker, like Luke's not dead. Um, and they just bring back all the nostalgia. Like, the whole movie was pointless. His whole challenging of Disney was just, it didn't make any sense in the context of what's going to happen in this movie. Which is just going to be action figures, like you said, and... I mean, I, w- I still want to see it. Kylo and Ray fighting. Oh, I'm going to be there. I will be there specifically for the Kylo Ray fighting on what's yeah. left of the Death Star, like in the ocean. Like, that looks incredible. Yeah. Like, the fight choreography has kind of been the high point of these movies because there's been some insane looking stuff yeah. in these movies, fight wise. And. Except Nothing. for the the throne room last Jedi scene with the guards that do absolutely nothing. Yeah, but, but we're not going to talk about that. The last Jedi's in the past. We can't we yeah. can't stay on it. We could talk about it for no. a whole hour. No, we cannot dwell. We yeah. could have. We could. Have, yeah, we cannot dwell on that. So we're going to move on to the tra- the trailer. It was very short. It was very sweet, and it made me feel even sweeter the tease for el camino a breaking bad movie dropped about a car i didn't yeah it's about the car that old jesse drove it's yeah it's actually animated by pixar and lightning mcqueen's cousin is an el camino who discovers crystal meth no uh but um no um I didn't know I knew like so what led into it like two days before our trailer dropped, Bob Odenkirk who plays Saul did some interview where he where they asked him about the movie and he goes oh they shot it all already it's done and people were just like wait what and he's like no they did a great job of like keeping it a secret but like 
that's done. Like it's it's shot. Like it's it's done. And a day or so later, their uh, the Netflix page was up. It said El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie starring Aaron Paul, directed by Vince Gilligan. And I'm just like, okay, what now? And I didn't know. I didn't really know what we were gonna get out of a trailer. Didn't know if we were gonna see Jesse. Didn't know what we were gonna get. And all we got was Skinny Pete getting interrogated. And that was all I needed. <laughs> that's that is what I love about Netflix marketing. They 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 don't take too um, too much time between the release date of of whatever they're putting out and the trailer they put out. Other than like their big stuff, like Stranger Things got a couple months of a trailer, but this movie comes out in a month. Like it's coming. And yep. Um, the other thing I liked, we know nothing. We uh, like we're going in with no expectations, which is the way you should do it. And um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I don't really know what else to say about it because we didn't really get much from it. I mean, yeah, there's just there's always the the scene that people kept on like I, I saw on whether it was Reddit, Twitter, whatever, where they're like, think about what a movie would be like after you watch this scene, and it's that scene where Jesse's talking about how he's never like felt more alone or whatever. And he's like basically saying that Walt ruined his life and all that. And it's just, you know, his life without Walt, like, does he, is he going to go get Brock and go to Alaska? Is he gonna, you know, all that, all that, like there's so many, possibilities and breaking bad it's so open-ended like, yeah oh it's so open-ended and i mean vince gilligan i, I don't think vince, i don't think vince gilligan would would have would make a movie unless he knew exactly how to do it yeah and unless it did justice to the character <laughs> which i'm hoping it will i'm pretty sure it will because you don't just end a show like that like the perfect ending and then kind of make something else it's kind of like Toy Story 4, but it's not because Vince Gilligan is smarter than the Pixar people. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm happy that he's the one in control of it, because if it was anyone else, it'd be a botch. And then a movie you're really excited for, Joaquin Phoenix fanboy, is uh, The Joker. We got a no- We got the final trailer for the Joker movie. Um, it this is the only kind of got a mixed reaction. I've seen some people say that they think it's going to suck and who would want to go see a Joker movie without Batman. And then there are some people who are through the roof excited. They think Joaquin Phoenix is going to get all the award nominations. I'm in that category. It looks very good. So I'm in that category because Joaquin Phoenix is the best working actor today. Uh, he puts his heart and soul into every role. I think it was rumored he lost about 50 pounds for this role which is insane because he already wasn't that big um but yeah i mean he like this is this is the dark phoenix movie i'm willing to see because it's got joaquin phoenix get it and it's dark get it no nobody crickets okay (laughs) (laughs) um no but he um i think he's gonna do the role justice my only concern would be that because Todd Phillips is at the helm, uh, director of The Hangover, um, which is not a bad movie, but this is a completely different movie than he's used to doing. Um, so I just hope that he doesn't mess it up. But it, it looks good. I mean, 
I don't think it'll be the best movie of the year, but it it looks good. It'll probably end up being a top ten for me. I hope. Yeah, I think the most the most common thing negative wise that I saw was people saying like, if you have the Joker without Batman, you get uh, you get the the show uh, the show Gotham, which it's just like was about like all the vil- it was basically about like the Gotham police like the villain origins and all that stuff and people never really got into it. And, Oh yeah, show sucks. Yeah, 100. It, it was on for it had an all right like run in terms of like longevity wise, but I mean it was just like you know people were always like, oh, what are the villains without Batman? Like, what's the point? But well, I think this movie is also gonna pay. I've seen. I don't know if you've seen it. The King of Comedy. It's a movie starring Robert De Niro, directed by Scorsese. Um, I think it came out. Late seventies, early eighties. Oh yeah, I've seen, I've seen that stuff. I've, the, I've seen people say that there's elements of King of Comedy and that there's also elements of Taxi Driver. Yeah, they've seen in all in the all the build up for this, and um, it, it, it. I think it's going to be a uh, a character study on like mental illness, but it just happens to be the Joker. You know, it's not, it's not about specifically the Joker. But it's about this guy going down a path that he can't really come back from more than anything else, which makes which is why I'm excited because it's not a superhero movie. It's not like it takes place in that world. DC, I mean, DC needs something to hit like, yeah, I mean, even though this isn't like this isn't like in the DC universe or whatever, but like. DC's properties as in general, though, I don't care if it's they have to make one good movie. I don't give me something related to DC in some way, shape, or form. Not not just an okay hit. average movie. I need a good movie from DC because Wonder Woman and Shazam were both okay average, but they have not. They, they have yet to make. I mean, obviously the the Dark Knight trilogy, but they have yet to make something recently that has that that I would define as good. So, no, oh, I would have to agree. I mean, this these next couple months in terms of just stuff coming out. I mean, it's gonna be insane. I mean, we got. I mean, and we haven't even talked about The Irishman, which, you know, we both have been on the, we've been ready for since it even got, like, teased. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's coming out, that's coming out November 1st in theaters, and at the end of November on Netflix, it's going to be three and a half hours long. It's going to be along those lines, yeah. about Jimmy Hoffa. It's going to be, it's De Niro and Pesci and Pacino in a Martin Scorsese gangster movie. I mean, it's, you know. Shut up, ESPN. <laughs> but I mean that movie. I mean, I've I've been all in on that movie since there were like rumors about it. I'm like, nope, sign me up, take my money, whatever, <laughs> whatever you need. As I sit here with a Goodfellas poster overlooking my back shoulder. But I mean, these next couple of months, I don't I don't care if it's games, TV shows, movies. I mean, the fall is always fun for just new stuff coming out it also is usually when i feel the brokest because i spend all my money but um, yeah and but, like um, yeah there's there's not a lot to convince you to get on board for a martin martin scorsese flick you usually know you're getting something pretty good out of it yep no doubt another thing going on since it is the fall is college football college football is officially back there are games going on right now as we record this podcast there were games that were played last week, the week zero games. And um, for 
what we assume to be most of our crowd. Nebraska opens their season Saturday, August 31st at home against South Alabama. They are favored by 36 points. Should be a real barn burner. Uh, I will be in the building. Um, it's 11 a.m. kick. Alabama my least. could really pull something out. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just shut up. Okay. But Sorry, it's you will get nothing and like it. Um, we're I'm excited for football season. I'm coming out to Colorado next week for all the festivities that are going to surround Nebraska, Colorado. It's going to be kind of crazy. Matt has to make sure to get Colorado plates on his car by then because we're not driving the boulder in a car with Nebraska plates because we like tires and we like cars not being damaged. But, I mean, if someone wants to throw a water balloon full of piss at me, go for it. Go for it, Colorado. I'm a target. (laughs) But um, I'm just excited for football to be back. It's just for something that just makes me forget that I'm clinically depressed. You know, football, yay. But um, I'm excited. Nebraska, there's a lot of hype and a lot of Kool-Aid being drank around these parts whether it be the quarterback, whether it be Scott Frost in year two, whether it be they, the schedule being kind of favorable. I'm just excited, man. Uh, I will say this podcast, all bets are off on where this podcast could be by the end of September. But that is going to be, you know, depends on Nebraska football. Do you have any thoughts going into this season, or are you just kind of like... Um, I mean... I think we're going to win more than last year. I think that last year was just unfortunate and unlucky. I mean, the last the last two seasons were pretty unfortunate. Like, the thing that's crazy to me is that going into this, I mean, they've won eight games in the last two years. They've had back-to-back four and eight years. And you just would not, you wouldn't think that that happened, given, and I, like, being in Lincoln, being on campus, hearing everything, everyone is so bought in, so, I mean, it's kind of nuts. It's kind of crazy. But I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna make any predictions on our record. I'm I just gonna... think Martinez is the second coming of Christ. So, I mean, I don't. I'll, I'll I, kiss his I, feet. I'm not gonna compare him to God, but Tom Osborne. <laughs> Tom Osborne did say today that he may be the most skilled Nebraska quarterback he's ever seen, and that that my sir is praise. Yeah, that's a hot that take. Is, that is praise if you if you've ever heard it. Um. But on the subject of football, this is going to lead in to our second guest ever on Let's Boogie, uh, and that is Connor Happer. Connor Happer is a radio show jack-of-all-trades here in Lincoln. You can hear him for four hours a day on 93.7 The Ticket. Here in Lincoln, he hosts the Recruiting Hour from 2 to 3 with Mike Schaefer and the Drive with Michael Snow from 3 to 6 every weekday. He is the PA voice of Nebraska women's basketball. He does high school football and high school basketball on the ticket. He is just a sports guy in every sense of the word, and he is also an Omaha Central Eagle like the two of us. Um, And we talked about... Just, we talked about a good amount of things. I did fly solo on this interview. Happer, if you're listening, I hope I didn't bore you to death. Um, but I think this, I like talking to Happer. He, I mean, he talks for a living. He gets paid to talk. So it's easy to, you know, get into anything, whether it be baseball or football with Happer. So here it is. Connor Happer, talk to the people. 
Oh, Jesus. What? That's how you're starting? That's the first thing you let people see? It's officially game week here in the great state of Nebraska. Husker football is on the horizon. We had to make it a big episode, so I figured there was no better time for us to have our second official guest. You can hear him daily for four hours a day, two different shows on 93.7 The Ticket here in Lincoln. He also has his own podcast where they talk about just about anything, have a couple beers. He's also the PA voice of Husker women's basketball. He is a very multi-talented gentleman, and he is also a fellow Omaha Central Eagle. That gentleman is Connor Happer. Connor, welcome to the show. Yeah, most importantly, most importantly, the <laughs> Omaha Central Eagle, definitely. Most importantly, he's a fellow Central Eagle. So uh, you're another uh, pal that I met through my time as a manager with the Nebraska basketball team. And I just wanted to... So we had Chris Hetty on. He's a newspaper guy. You're radio. And those are the two the two areas of sports media that often, like, people give a lot of grief to. Like, a lot of people think, like, oh, newspaper's dying. Like, I've had a lot of people try and say, oh, if you get offered a job at a newspaper or a radio station, say no. They're both dying. But that was negative. But we're going to go to a positive. Um, you told me that when you first got to college, you wanted to go into something completely different. Yeah. Uh, so I started as a turf grass management major. <laughs> and what what made you what drew you to that? Um, so I, I had this idea and I really wanted to be like a uh, like a like a groundskeeper. Like I just wanted to I just wanted to be involved, I guess, with with baseball or whatever, just sports as much as I possibly could. And that was shortly like after I realized that, you know, I wasn't going to be a player. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay. So, you know, I, I was always infatuated. I still am. Like, I, I like how, you know, uh, baseball fields look, but that was basically it. Like, I, I was just like, I lo- Hey, the grass is green. I want to make my grass green and like figure that out. <laughs> it was, it was really actually stupid. Um, so, I found out. Did someone one day just say, hey, you've got a voice for radio. You should look into radio broadcasting or what? Well, I found out pretty quickly that I found out pretty quickly that I there was too much like chemistry in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was I was awful at it. I was terrible (laughs) at chemistry and I couldn't make it past like the very initial stages of it. So it was really the same thing that drew me to to uh, to media. And it was the idea of like, well, I just the only thing I know and the only thing I really care about all that much is is sports, and I want to kind of figure it out. And like anybody else, you start on the like the journalism path, and you know, writing, and they get you into that all that stuff. But um, I had always, as a kid, and still do, like when I play video games, probably just like anybody else, announce the games that I'm actually oh, yeah. playing, like a huge nerd. Yeah, oh, yeah. And- my 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 sister still makes fun of me to this day for commentating my own NCAA football games on it's, Xbox back it's in the day. Stupid, right? <laughs> but it it you know I really liked doing it and I enjoyed it and they put me on the radio very early, shortly on the on the school station. Karen, you pretty shortly after I joined the the first like radio. I think it was the radio production class or whatever. And I was like, hey, I want to do a baseball game, and I did it, and it was pretty natural and. Um, kind of just built off that and went from there. So you're you're a resident Omaha. What year did you graduate from Central? I, I, I forget. 2010. 
2010, so the start the start of the basketball run. Well, the, actually, the you got a couple state run. titles in there too. The, uh, you had a yeah, you had a few state titles in there too, but no, so uh, you played baseball, correct? Yes. So that was that was with Coach Hodge. Was Hodges still there, or did he? So Hodges was gone before I got there, but I knew Hodges from all the guys who played with him. And so my coach was Steve Russell. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Okay. And then uh, twenty ten. Why did I think you? I for some reason thought you were there earlier. I don't know why. Don't know why I assumed you're old. So um, I no, I actually transferred. So I I started at Miller North. Oh, and okay. I transferred to Central uh, after my sophomore year. Any specific reason? Or? Well, I so I had played baseball there my freshman year, um, and we had a pretty good team. But you know, there was a lot of kids who were, who were really good. And then trying out my sophomore year, I got cut, and I was ah. like, "Damn, that's terrible!" And I still want to keep playing baseball, and I think I'm pretty yeah. good at it. So I went and. Uh, played that summer so the summer after my sophomore year at central for the first time and was on jv for two months and they brought me up to varsity like instantly so i was like this is good i think i'll stay here yep no i got you no so um so what like just gonna change pace really like i asked i asked chris a similar question and i'll get your like radio perspective on it like there are a lot of people like my age and younger who they think that Oh, I know sports. Like I can go to a, I can go to a party and I can I can talk back and forth with so and so about about Adrian Martinez's Heisman chances or what Nebraska football's record's gonna be. I think I could be a, a sports journalist. Like I could go into journalism. Like I want to get your take on what you think. Like doesn't have to be radio specific, but your thoughts on what like if someone wants to go into sports journalism, what they should consider. I think before doing that. Yeah. Well, I. You know, to be honest with you, I think that they probably could. It's it's not that, you know, hard or whatever. I, I think the different part about sports radio and, the you know, maybe one of the hardest parts for people who are like, yeah, I love sports and sports is my life and, I, and, I, and sports radio is my life. Like, I actually think the better sports radio hosts are more well-rounded and the people that have actual personalities and do stuff outside of, you know, caring and thinking about sports and talk about their personal experiences. Like those people are the more entertaining people. So what we're talking about is, is personalities and which maybe even makes it seem more easy to do. And I don't want to make it seem like it's, it's really easy, but really it's just a, you know, a collection of a whole bunch of random thoughts in, in my brain. I'm sure you have the same exact thing. Um, but I, I think if you, if you can do it and if you can put some thoughts together and it's not just about like a two minute clip or whatever it might be, if you think you could do it, do it like you do it, start a podcast and, and give it a shot. And if it's like, Hey, this, this kind of works, then you can pursue it that way. But I mean, I think well-rounded personalities and people that are funny and engaging, those are the people that I want to, I find myself listening to. So is there anyone like in sports radio that you like look up to or that you like grew up listening to that you like not like try to model yourself after, but do you have any like sports radio, like not idols, but you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, so I was never, and I, a lot of people 
who are basically in the same position that I am right now, like always say, I grew up listening to, you know, the people around here who did it on 1620 or, or like when, when Kugler and severe had right. on sportsman like conduct or, or Jim Rome or whatever. And I, I, you know, I probably listened to those people, but I never like thought, eh, I want to do this. I want to do sports radio, but I, I think I've been fortunate enough to even at the ticket, just the people that I've worked with and been around a whole bit, bunch of different personalities like John Gaskins. And he really did it you know, a, a professional show and he wanted to do, you know, stuff like some journalistic stuff, which we don't really do on our show, but, and, and Welch was a, was a real mix between him and, and Gaskins and, and Brett Kane, who worked at the same spot right before me. It's, there was like three different dudes covering the whole spectrum um, right before basically I or while I was doing on air stuff um, that I learned from and took stuff from and still take stuff from. So really those guys and, and, you know, I listened to stuff and podcast. I was just driving home, listening to the Bill Simmons and stuff like that. Like I, you know, I, I like to listen to everything, but it's not necessarily, I think it, once again, it's just personalities that I really gravitate toward. No, I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. Um, I mean, I was going to, Depending on what you're going to answer that, that was going to lead into my next question. No offense to, you know, the co-hosts you've had. No offense to Tom or, or Snow or any of those guys. Is there like a dream co-host for you? Ooh, dream co-host. I don't know. Like the so I've had, you know, a, I guess a bunch of different co-hosts. I did the morning show with Jake and Lanny and then just Jake um, and then with Tom from 11 to 2 and now with Snow from from two to six, I did some shows with Brett. I've done shows with other people, Schaefer, um, Sipple, a couple shows with like, it's, it's all fun. And the cool thing about like driving the show. And I actually never thought that I would be good at that driving the show, coming up with the content and, and pointing it in whatever direction it needs to go. But the cool thing about that is you can tailor it to your co-host if you, if you know that person really well. So that's what we've, you know, we've done on, on our show right now. And the show with Tom was different, but it was geared toward kind of us together. So I don't know if it was, it's a dream person. There's certainly people I, like, I want to do more than one show with Sipple and tap into how weird that dude is. Um, <laughs> Cause he's definitely weird. I've, I think I've only done like one or two shows with him, which is crazy. Cause it feels like everybody in the world has done a show with him, but I, the more people we work with, the better, but it, it takes time to build up a chemistry. Oh, I got you. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. That you, yeah, you, you and Sipple, good gracious. That would be <laughs> the most, the most interesting man in Nebraska for us of various of wide variety of reasons. Um, so you are, you are the station's resident, uh, Jasker. Yes. It's why they send you to cover Nebraska basketball games because everyone else is all uh, invested, getting angry and angry <laughs> tweeting and being there. As a Creighton fan, how do you view the last six months of Nebraska basketball? Yeah, well, it's uh, I, I I think well, Gaskins told me this a long time ago before he left, and he was like, "You'll you'll find yourself because he was a Creighton guy, he was an, always an Omaha guy growing up, and he was like, you know, you'll find yourself." 
gravitating more toward it. And I was like, you know, you, that's, that's no, I'm not going to do that. And I don't think that I really am, but I, as a Creighton fan and just being like isolated in Omaha, there is a certain amount of like resentment you have toward it because of, because of the football team. And it's like, you know, I, so then you just out of, out of osmosis, you just like resent the basketball team. And for no reason, because like they have never really been competitive at all. Um, but it's been interesting now and especially, you know, going forward and they're, they're going to be pretty competitive and it's going to be a fun rivalry. I, I love it. I mean, I've, I mean, I didn't realize this. I don't think until the last couple of years, but I think I'm just a huge fan of basketball in the, in the state. And, oh yeah, you know, I, I think it's awesome that both of those teams pack their gyms every single night and it's, it's super fun to watch and it'll be really fun watching those teams go back and forth the next couple of years. But I, there's definitely a special uh, place in my heart for, for both teams. No, and then I, I've definitely, I've come to realize that recently too, that I think just successful, not successful basketball and the notice, like the state grow, the state's growing appreciation of basketball is cool. Like I'm a fan, I'm a fan of it regardless, whether it's, whether it's Nebraska or, or Creighton or even like UNO being within a game of the NCAA tournament. Like when everyone talked about that for two days, that's, like that's that always the, a fun part because everybody could. <laughs> Like both fan bases are like, you know what? Yeah, let's do this. You and I, we can be in the tournament too. So, and that's like they combine forces for little you and It's it's actually really cool. Yeah, no, and it's that's that's something I'm looking forward to going into. You know, even though it's on a smaller scale, talking about high school ball this coming winter and writing about stuff and all that jazz. I'm looking forward to that leading into you know basketball is just fun it's always been my thing going to cent- going to central didn't help just ha- <laughs> you know go going to central and then having the the job i i had for the past past three years you know basketball it's just my my thing man and i the central thing like absolutely helped kick it off for me too and then i just realized like oh my god this is awesome i love basketball um but going to all those games and, you know, being in the front row of the student section or whatever it was and watch the, so when I was there, my, so I transferred there for my junior year, they had won the two state championships before that in 07 and 08 and in 09, they didn't make the, they make the playoffs. Now, if you, if you ask, if you ask, so this is like, if you ask central high legend, Scott Wilson, he, he says the four Pete should have been eight. Because Correct. he claims they got jobbed at, I think it was Bellevue West or something that year. He said he said they got jobbed somehow, and that the four peach should have been eight. <laughs> well, it it definitely could have been. And then there's something too like they never lost when they went to the Vanny Center, which they never they just never did. And they were getting hot right at the right time. And, and I Wilson would know better than me, but. I can't. They lost to Bellevue West um, in the district final. That team, like that team, was not that good. But they they might have won state because it was kind of just wide open that year. I think that was the year where like it was like a 
state the cha- state championship game was like 50 to 55 i think it's, i think it was like prep norfolk and the final score was in like the 50s and it was and it was boring if i remember correctly yeah and then so then they didn't make the playoffs that year and we were all like what the hell like this is you know this is ridiculous and then they obviously won my senior year too um which was which was awesome and that that was that was really really cool because they probably weren't even the best team in the state that year either but they just like Deverell just took over everything and it was a coy's freshman year and that was pretty crazy but yeah that that just set off the love for basketball as well oh yeah and like i i had you know the opposite end of that so i mean i got there 2012 a coy's senior year you know they're playing a six-man rotation and five of the six end up on a d1 roster and it was just like, I was just like, you know, holy shit, like, this is insane. Like, it's not, like, we don't have to go into games wondering if we're going to win. It's how much are we going to win by and what and what's the highlight play going to be? And it was just, I mean, that year was kind of a tease in a way because, I mean, that was, you know, up until, up until last year, that was the last time they'd won a game at the state tournament was my freshman year of high school. And now I'm four years out and, you know, my... My first year as a manager was probably the rockiest central basketball year, you know, of the probably this century. If I have to got to think about it, we only ended up a game above five hundred, lost a prep in the district final, and you know they they went on to make three straight state tournaments after that, but they didn't win any games. Yeah, and that, it's just that's crazy to think about how they like they opened up the new building and then they just never won there. Yeah, at PBA. Yeah. Yeah, they then like pe- like people joked about it. Like that, that that was a thing that like the guys on the team this past year like knew about. They're like, we gotta be, we gotta, we gotta win here. Like we, it doesn't matter how many games, we just gotta win one, and we can just get this <laughs> this stigma, this curse, whatever it is, off of our off of our backs, get it out. But yeah, it's just crazy. It's because like if you went to Central any point from like '08 to probably like my graduating class. Like you can just talk about central basketball like it's like it's religion. Like it's like it's like it's like it's just like everyone knows like the names, the teams, the years, who they beat in the state tournament. Like it's like it's like it's everyone knows. It's like I've, I've always wondered this too, and I, I think everybody that I've ever talked to that's gone to Central is exactly like this. But like I am obnoxious, and actually we've talked about this before, but just like obnoxiously proud of going to cent not even about the basketball thing but just like going to central like couldn't have had a better experience the like the best thing i could have ever asked for i i don't know another group of people who do that i don't either no i 100 percent agree so i met like this is the story that i use now i got i met, i got introduced to like a, a girl i went to high school with like introduced her boyfriend to me like for for, like a job or something. I was like, this could be a guy you could work with. Like talk to him about a job. And the first thing he opens up with is goes, so I went to Papio South and I'm just curious, are you as obnoxiously proud of going to central as my girlfriend is? And I'm just like, yes. Is it a problem? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely, that's definitely a thing. Like it's very like, and I don't, and I think not enough people like talk about it. Like it's definitely a very central centric thing. And, you know, like for, for a kid like me who grew up in West O and could walk to school in elementary school and middle school, and then just in eighth grade to be like, you know what? 
I'm going to do the exact opposite and wake up at 5.45 in the morning to get on a bus to go downtown. <laughs> awesome and, call. Oh, awesome call. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I had a, and it's crazy that I'm that I'm four years out. Like I, that just feels like it was like it just wasn't that long ago. I'm already four years out. But yeah, no. Some of the I've I made friends that I'm gonna have for the rest of my life. It was you know, Central Pride. I've got it. It's overflowing forever. So I at this is another. So I think I know the answer. So I might have to change the question. The best sporting event you've been in attendance for that is not the wild card game. Oh, you threw it for a loop. Because <laughs> I knew that was the answer. <laughs> well, why can't it? Why can't it be the wild card game? Why can't that? Why can't I just give you the story of the wild card game? Well, I'd I'd like the story because Hetty told a good story about it too. The Royals had, and I wasn't even paying attention to what was going on. I was just you know I was wearing my Royals jersey. I was like fired up to watch the game that night, and uh, oh, it was probably like. Eight, nine, ten in the morning, something like that. And uh, the Royals were doing this thing on Twitter, and it was just like, tag someone who you want to go to the wild card game with, or whatever. And I hadn't even seen it. My buddy, uh, who lives who lived in Kansas City, still lives in Kansas City. He added he added me on Twitter, and he's like, I'm gonna go with with him because whatever. And he won. <laughs> and he won the he won the Twitter thing, and it was like the Royals were like, "Congrats, you're going to the game tonight. You got two tickets." And I was like, "What the fuck?" And so, so uh, he he texts me and he's like, "Are you do you do you want to go?" And I was like, "Yes, I will." Literally, I don't know what I had to do the rest of the day. I will drop everything. I'm leaving immediately. So I drove to Kansas City, uh, get down there probably. I don't know, reasonable time, like four o'clock or whatever. And, and we go to the game and had tickets in the, it was in the 400 level, but it was good. Like it was on the yeah. front end of the 400 uh-huh. level. Yep. Um, kind of right behind home plate. So they were, they were perfect. And, um, just watching the first playoff game there. And then like some of the moments were just the flashes. Brandon Moss's first home run. Brandon Moss's second home run. <laughs> and I was like, no, this isn't happening right now. So eighth inning, they're down, you know, going into the eighth inning, they're down seven, three or bottom of the eighth. They're down seven, three. And I just get up and I take a walk around the, you know, the concourse, there's some concessions back there. And I'm like, you know what? This is great. Like they went to the playoffs and I'm just like thinking to myself, I'm like getting all introspective about the season. Like this was good. I had a great trip. It was fun. And I sit back down and it all happened. And, you know, I'll see this Escobar got hit. They cut it seven, five and seven, five, the ninth or whatever. And it was the coolest thing ever. That was the one playoff game I went to in the two years that they had the run. Um, and I'm happy that that was the only one, but yeah, that, that was far and away. the I, And I didn't go to notes at Sunday. So that would be the other one that was like up there, but I was not there. Um, for that, there's gotta be some Husker football games that were up there. Um, you know, like the, I, I was one of the people that Bo, uh, that Bo Pelini hated when in the 2011 Ohio state game, Yeah, told Le- you, you needed to go, you know, 
all that. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> I, I went and bleeped myself. Uh, yeah. Left at halftime because it was raining and they were about to lose another Big Ten game. And I was like, you know what? Nope. We're not doing this again. And uh, I left. And then they came back because only because Braxton Miller got hurt. Um, the I, I won't forget the the year after Nebraska ball went to the NCAA tournament. Um, so it would have been the fall of December of 2014. Um, and they hosted Creighton. Awesome Creighton, Chapman. Awesome. Ch- yeah. Creighton was, <laughs> Creighton was terrible. They, everybody left, uh, you know, Doug was gone. Rocky was gone and it, their whole, the whole core was gone and they were left with Austin Chapman and like Isaiah Zierden. And Dingman. Nebraska and Avery Dingman and Nebraska <laughs> basketball had everybody back and and Creighton like won and it was this ridiculous environment pregame leading into it because it was just venomous in there and then shock like when Creighton just just dead silent when Creighton when it you know when it looked like Creighton was gonna win that was just a a crazy crazy night and. That's basically where it all collapsed for Nebraska basketball. I'm pretty convinced of that. So those were some of them. I'm sure there's plenty more. Not yeah. not too many, uh, you know, like professional. I've never been to an NFL game. Yeah, you don't have a team. I, I, I listened to that segment. I... <laughs> it's stupid. I still haven't picked a team. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. No, I, I got you. Is there, like... So is there like a, a venue that's like at the top of your bucket list? Like whether it be baseball or basketball, like, is there a, I'm always a baseball guy. Um, I don't know if the v- venues and basketball aren't like, you know, the, it's not about the venue for baseball. It's about the, about the venue. Um, never well, been to I... Fenway. That would be definitely one. Um, I, I went to old Yankee stadium. That was awesome. I'd like to go to new Yankee stadium. Um, but some, I've never been to California, like stuff on the West coast, Dodger stadium. Um, I just want to go to San Diego in general, but yeah. all the ballparks are new now and they like, don't have that kind of history anymore. Yeah. Kaufman's like top five oldest now, isn't it? Like, yep. <laughs> which is, which is kind of a weird thought. Yep. Now I, I, I get what you're saying about the, like the, ve- it's not about the venue in basketball. Maybe it's just like, cause I was a big 10 manager for three years. Like yeah, some I, of them it is like they're like, I think like, I think Mackey arena is the coolest place for a basketball game I've ever been. Mackey arena at Purdue. I think like that, that is one of the coolest places I've never been. I never made it to assembly hall. Got to sit courtside at MSG for that wonderful big 10 tournament game but um no i still to this day i i will vouch for Mackey arena <laughs> as a great as a great basketball venue the big 10 the big 10 doesn't have you know they don't have too many of those I, i'm always interested in the places that i think what really makes it in college basketball is is the student sections and just the environments in general so Purdue is one of them. Michigan State is another one of them. I think it's like Purdue, Michigan State, Indiana, and those are like the old. Like I mean, the Preston Center is not even like old, but like those are like the big three where the students are just insane and just yeah, yeah. Th- that's that's the environment that is t- like Creighton and Nebraska. They just don't have that. Like it's no, they, it's different. Yeah. I mean, it's it's its own thing, but it's not like those. 
like I opened with, it is game week. You guys are going to be doing quite a bit the rest of the week with uh, prepping for the big game. You got... You guys made your your predictions for the division. Remind you you picked Nebraska, right? I, I got Nebraska. Yeah. You picked Nebraska to win the division. Um, what like? So what? I mean, aside from Adrian Martinez, give me who you're most excited for. Ooh, um, I was I was really enjoying listening to Diedrich Mills today. He's uh he's pretty fired up about just the season and being back and and big time college football and you know talking about running people over running people over uh I like a dude like that he's pretty so I'm excited to watch just the just the offensive like all those dudes Martinez and and Mills and Washington and Wandale Robinson. There's just really really exciting guys. There's a lot of ways to put up points. There's just a lot. A lot of ways to put up points. Uh, are you making the trek westward to Boulder next week? Or? I'm not. I'm, I'm not, unfortunately, because we got high school football to do. But Ah, yep. 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 So we got some of those, but uh, everybody's going to be out there, it feels like. Are you it's, going? I, I will be making the trip. Um, it's going to be, I don't know. I mean, the thing, like, for me, I, I know you've probably heard the same stories is like, Oh, if you're going to a game at Colorado, like they're going to throw, they're going to throw pee at you. They're going to slash your tires, break your windows. I don't care. I'm like, nah, whatever. Lay it on me. <laughs> the, the best place to go. And, and everyone always talks about how they had a terrible, terrible experience at Wisconsin. I love Wisconsin. I absolutely love going there. It's an awesome college town. They they don't like you. Like I like to go to places where they they don't like you, and it's just everybody else, you know, trying to band together. Like everyone always talks about how they had the terrible experience in 2011 when they went up there for the first time. I went. I had a great weekend. It was incredible. Everyone yelled bad words at me, and I was like, "Yeah, we're Nebraska." It, like that's what I think. Yeah. You know, I, that's what I want it to be like when Nebraska goes places instead of oh, you know. Uh, I remember when you guys were good. Like you got to get that edge back. No, I agree. Like you, the you know the whole bring the nasty. Like it's you know that whole that whole mantra, man. Like we get we got to be like people. People shouldn't be like, oh, Nebraska's coming. Their fans are so nice. Like, oh, can't wait, can't wait for that. But you know, I'm excited. I'm gonna be getting out of here that Friday right after class, and then uh, who knows what Boulder's gonna be like on on Saturday. It's gonna it's be gonna a lot be, of red. It might yeah. be. It might be annoying how much red there is. <laughs> like even for Nebraska fans. I mean, there was that there was that uh that World Herald write up about how it's like the most expensive Colorado ticket ever where they're like talking to some Colorado sports information guys like, Yeah, we're hoping it's still eighty percent Colorado fans. Good good luck. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be close to fifty fifty. Oh, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. I mean, there's a lot. And then I heard, I read something this week that said, you know, if Colorado comes out and lays an egg against CSU in the Rocky Mountain showdown, that people might be like, nope, I'm not watching this team. See ya. And maybe they'll give up their tickets after that. They're both because... dumpster fires, so I don't know what's going to, well, you know, they got, Colorado's got a new coach. I don't even know what to expect from them. No, I mean, I, I don't think Colorado fans know what to expect from, from them. Like, and it's just going to be, I mean, 
Nebraska fans are going to go in there and expect them to run up the score. And Colorado's just going to be like, can we look like a football team? Like, that's kind of that's kind of the vibe, the vibe I'm getting. That's kind of like, just from my simple college student eyes and opinions, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. I said, uh, I said 45-20 back in like May when we just off the cuff did it for some reason. And I'm not, I'm not moving off that. In fact, I'm like trending more toward Nebraska winning by more. You know, because I saw like like an early line came out. It was like eight, like an or like a, a an early line or something. It was like eight. And I'm like that might like, yeah, like I, like eight would work. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of think Nebraska's gonna win by like two touchdowns at least. But no, I would agree. All right, well, yeah, let's. Thanks for coming on, Hap. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said earlier, you can listen to this guy four hours a day from he's on there on 93.7 from two to three, the recruiting hour with Mike Schaefer, lots of recruiting going to be recruiting news coming in the fall, especially that Ohio state weekend. Also, okay. Pause Rick Ross. What are your thoughts? Oh yeah. Bit. I, <laughs> I didn't know what they were going to do with that. Rick Ross is like a huge name. People, the the young people were like, oh, Rick Ross, you know, you could have got Lil Nas X. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's Rick Ross. Like this guy. Yeah, is, it's Rick. Uh, this guy's all these people's dads. Like, th- yeah, this is, yeah, this is one of the kings. Give me Rick Ross over Lil Nas X eight days a week, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> it's a great pull. It's a great pull. But as I was saying, two to three, the recruiting hour with Mike Schaefer, three to six, the drive with Mike Snow on 93.7 The Ticket. And the ticketfm.com. You've also got your own podcast. What's that called? Three beers later. And uh, they talk about just about anything. Yeah. And a they lot. drink and they drink different beers each week. I saw the new one. You guys had Lakefront. Lakefront's good. I was in, up in Milwaukee in July. Oh, nice. And Lakefront, I really liked Lakefront. So. Yeah, it was solid. No, it was very It's become very less solid. about the beer and more about just random ridiculous stuff. So, which is great. That's the way it should be, dude. That's the way it should be. But uh, thanks again, Hap. Really appreciate it. Maybe we can bring you on again, talk about football or basketball or something later on. You got it. Anytime. Smashed it. That's what makes me such a great athlete. I make it look so fucking easy. It's like that guy's not moving. Yeah, he is. He's fucking flying. That's what they said about Eric Dickerson. That interview with Connor Happer was brought to you by absolutely no one because we do not have a single sponsor to our name. Yeah, uh, thanks again to Connor Happer. Uh, anything for a fellow Central Eagle. Um, listen to his radio shows because he doesn't all just have one. He has two, and he's pretty good at it. Um, but that's going to lead us into our segments for the day. Millennial Moods of the Week. Matt, get us going. Oh, oh, botched. Oh, I botched that one. Oh, that's a botched job. That's bleeding. I need some trash to plug up the cut. Uh, Millennial Mood would be... This might have actually happened a while ago, but it didn't happen while we were... While we recorded the last time, uh, I don't know if you heard, but um, James Charles, you know, James Charles Stan over here. I do my own makeup. Uh, he posted a picture that kind of set the internet ablaze of his uh, of his butt cheeks um, out and about. He said, in case he ever gets hacked again, that's the only nude he has. So he just like posted it. And that led to a lot of people uh, 
a lot of dudes specifically doing the same thing. And it was kind of hot. Um, Ethan from H3H3 was an example, and I don't know if you guys know who that is, but um, he's he's kind of a thick boy and uh, does not have the same ass as James Charles. So it was a bit disturbing to me. Um, both of them were. Not to say that. <laughs> not to I say can, that I'm... I can say thankfully that I did not see any butt cheeks on my Twitter timeline. I there you go. Didn't, didn't know that this was a thing, but yeah, I did not see any butt cheeks, thankfully. But uh, <laughs> what what mood is that? What what's the mood for uh, butt cheeks on butt cheeks on the big internet? yikes? Big yikes to butt cheeks on the internet. Um, my let's see, we're gonna call this a you hate to see it. Is gonna go to Wilson Chandler, who I kind of forgot was in the NBA. Uh, he was suspended for. Uh, PEDs or banned substance or whatever. And then Bill Simmons uh, tweeted out the complete list of NBA players who have been suspended for whether it be for PEDs or for just drugs because drugs are bad. Okay. Since 2007, and those names include Lindsey Hunter, Darius Miles, Richard Lewis, OJ Mayo, Hito Turkoglu, Nick Kalathis, Joakim Noah, Jody Meeks and Wilson Chandler. And the common theme I see there is those guys are all bad. Yeah. So if you're a bad basketball player, drugs aren't going to make you a better basketball player. They kind of make you worse, probably. They kind of make you worse because they probably like do weird things to your body that you're not used to. Yeah, maybe you feel a little strong, but you're not playing O-line. You're supposed to make a jump shot. What came Just first? My... What came first, the bad skills or the drugs? Um, the bad skills cuz you were probably born well, not bad. You're an NBA basketball player, but the below the below average for NBA standards basketball. I mean, bro, he do Turkaloo. I didn't even know he do Turkaloo got suspended. Like, <laughs> I didn't know he was on that list. But, like, just, like, like just their OJ yeah, Mayo. Like, that's just a rough. rough list. Just a big you-hate-to-see-it list of yeah. NBA players who have been suspended. And then I'm going to also go with a big old oof. And that big old oof is going to go to poor Jacob Sartorius because at 1.20 a.m., he tweeted single AF with a sad face. Damn. And I've never related so hard to something, bro. I feel you. A single AF Jacob's got to stick together. Are we standing Jacob now? I mean, Millie, come back. You can blame it all on him. Just <laughs> kidding. But, yeah. You hate no, to I see mean, young... you kind of can blame it all on him. He's kind of a fuckboy. He kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, Jacob Sartorius or Drake. You got to go. I mean, Drake's girl, Millie, said, nah, see ya. I met Drake in an Australian hotel. What about your relationship with Drake? I love him. I met him in Australia, and um, he's honestly so fantastic. Are you joking me? Drake? He wants to see me? And I was like, 
okay, we're going. So I like got my outfit prepared and I went there and and he was such a fanboy and I was such a fangirl that we, and honestly we text all the time now. He helps me with everything, like just life lessons. Um, we text, we just text each other the other day and he was like, I miss you so much. I was like, I miss you more. We went to dinner afterwards and we had dinner the next day and then we met in Sydney. What advice does he give you? Like, what does he say? You know, that stays in the text messages. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. So, yeah. here are some movie recommendations. Oh, God! No one gives a shit. The first one, one of my favorite bands, probably my favorite band, actually, Oasis. Their debut album just turned 25 today, uh, August 29th. They have a pretty good documentary I've seen a few times called Supersonic. I think it's on Netflix, but if it's not, that might be worth a watch if you like music documentaries. I wasn't into the band pretty much at all until I watched it. And I don't know. There's a good backstory behind their whole situation. Um, but then otherwise, It Chapter 2 is coming out next week. Um, I mean, a lot of people are hyped for it. Um, I wouldn't say I'm hyped for it, but I'll go see it. The first one was pretty darn good. Not scary, though. Uh, good PG-13 horror movie. Um, the early reviews ain't great. Yeah. Well, the the second half of the book is, or the second, um, the the older version, I should say, of the book is notoriously not as interesting as the kid version. So, um, yeah. I don't think it'll be as good as that first one. But, um, but then otherwise, this kind of leads into our moxie as well. Um, a stand-up special came out this week, one of the best of this year. Um, Dave Chappelle, he's back. Um, I think better than ever. I think this is his best Netflix special and people are absolutely triggered and it's so funny to watch. Because, Cancel culture is pissed. <laughs> yeah, because, um, you know what you got, Jay? You got Moxie. I mean, obviously Dave Chappelle has, has Moxie. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, he, he, I, we might as well rename the segment. Dave Chappelle, who's got Mo who's got Moxie presented by Dave Chappelle. Yeah. People really I saw a headline that said, Is Dave Chappelle now officially the greatest comedian of all time? Come on. He was I, already, but this I mean, dude, some of those jokes in there were so bad. He he didn't take he just like targeted everyone. No, he Everyone looked straight got into the camera and said, you clicked on my face at one point. Yeah. He said, if you're offended, you clicked on my face. Remember that. Yeah. I mean, dude, like. I'm just wondering that, when it reaches a certain point in comedy where the com where when people start realizing, at least this can the cancel culture people, when they start realizing that they're the problem, the, co the comedy's not the problem. I mean, dude, just imagine trying to cancel Dave Chappelle. He's been around for how long? Imagine trying to say Dave Chappelle's just begging to be canceled. Like <laughs> early 2000s, this man did a skit on his show where white people had the last name of uh, of an N-word and he said it on TV. And nobody like I batted it I mean dude, that I mean that people joke, did. But. That joke the first joke. <laughs> Woody yeah. open Woody open with dude that <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that was I mean I don't know I how much we I should get know, away 
I'm not going to give it away. I kind of just want let's people just, to go let's watch just it. say let's just say you're going to press play on Netflix, and you're going to hear Dave Chappelle singing "1999" by Prince. Yeah, and you're going to think, oh, he's getting musical. No, he's not. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, no, he's not. Yeah, but I mean, I. That first joke, I had to pause it because I was just laughing so hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that was really that's really funny, and you should probably watch it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna give a few moxies since we took a week off. This again is who's got moxie presented by Dave Chappelle. Well, first off, um, a little shout out to PewDiePie who finally reached 100 million subscribers and got married and brought back Minecraft. All in like the same month. Um, it's crazy how long he's been on the internet, like without taking that big of a break. And he finally did it. And I think this is the peak. He's going downhill from here. But uh, it was fun while it lasted. Um, and I'm I'm just happy that that he's happy because I know there was a weird point where he was like called a Nazi and all this crap. And it was like I could like everyone could tell he was reaching a low point. So I'm just glad that he's. He's okay now, but then otherwise, Burt Kreischer had a one hell of a video uh, where he danced to announce some new shows for his tour, and it's like probably one of the best things I've ever seen because he kills it. Like, like when when you think of Burt Kreischer dancing, the dad bod, the beer gut, it's all there, but it's so goddamn perfect in every way. No, I agree. That video, I watched. I watched a video of a fat man dancing way too many times. Uh, there was just a lot going on there. So, I'm gonna hand out some moxies. First moxie goes to Kobe Bean Bryant. Who would Shaq be if he had your work ethic? He'd be the greatest of all time. If Shaq had your work, he'd ethic, be the greatest of all greatest time. Greatest of all time by For sure. He, he'd be the first to tell you that. For sure. I mean, this guy was a, a force like I have never seen. I mean, it was crazy. You know, a guy at that size, generally guys at that size are a little timid and they don't want to be tall. They don't want to be big. Man, this dude was, he did not care. He was mean. He was nasty. He was competitive. He was vindictive. I mean, he was, yeah. I wish he was in a gym. I would have had fucking 12 rings. And then he went, and then people were like, oh, is there still beef? Like, is there still Kobe and Shaq beef 15 years later? <laughs> and, uh, and he quickly uh, squashed that. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a Laker fan by any means, but I've always respected Kobe for just being real and not, not beating around the bush being on any of these subjects, just being, just being a straight gamer, a straight basketball junkie. In every way, form, and fashion. Uh, Christian Yelich has moxie. You don't know who Christian Yelich is because you don't care about baseball. No, so Christian Yelich did a naked photo shoot for ESPN's The Body Issue. They do that every year, and athletes are naked. You don't obviously see any inappropriate things. And someone tweeted at him, did you think of the kids who idolize and look up to you before you pose naked? And Christian Yelich quoted it, and it was an old white lady named Roxanne who tweeted at him. He said, relax, Roxanne. 
And then the same day, he changed his walk-up song to Roxanne by the police. <laughs> wow. So, That's kind yeah. of a lot. Uh, here's another thing I forgot to mention that you might be interested in. So Richard Linklater, one of my fav- favorite directors, he did Dazed and Confused, a top five movie for me. He did Boyhood, which took place over, I think, what was it 11 years or something like that? It was a long time. It was time. like 10 or... Um, so he recently announced he is going to be making a movie that is going to be filmed over 20 years starring Jonah Hill's little sister, Beanie Feldstein from uh, Booksmart over the summer. Um, and it's also starring Ben Platt, who has been in a few a few musicals on Broadway. Um, but yeah, I just that's that's going to be really interesting to see how that even ends up because you never know what could happen there. Someone could die or um, I think he might be trying to perfect the boyhood situation, but yeah, that's going to be interesting. um, Yeah. He's kind of acting like the world's even going to be here in 20 years. Uh, yeah. Climate change. Duh. (laughs) What? Like, come on. What do you, what do you like? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're all going to die. We're all going to die by Trump's fourth term. Yeah. I kid. I kid. No, don't, don't overreact. Don't cancel me. It's just a prank, bro. Don't cancel me, please. Um, But, uh, yeah, that is going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks again to Connor Happer and myself and Matt for actually showing up. Um. Hopefully we will have an episode before the weekend next week. <laughs> we uh, we've got some stuff in the works. We'll obviously have we'll have we'll obviously have a reaction to Boulder. Well, that's a week from Saturday, but mm-hmm. there's there, there's a lot of stuff going on next week. New I'm segments gonna, coming. Um, new, oh yeah, tease. I will announce this. This is what we'll end on. So we were supposed to debut this this week. Um, my good friend Matt Shaw who is coming out to Colorado. Matt, we'll get to meet him next week. Uh, We're going to debut our college football gambling slash picks segment titled, it's going to be called Here Comes the Money with Matt Schull. And uh, we're really looking forward to that. Uh, First week of class, uh, one of Matt's roommates this week had a birthday. Uh, We're pretty swamped, um, so we push it back we're gonna debut it next week college mostly, man everybody swamped mostly so we can uh remind the world how nebraska is the bet of the year next week but uh, we'll talk about that more next week first iteration of here comes the money with matt Shaw. but on that note yeah thanks again guys uh, we appreciate you listening uh yeah we'll see you next week go big red wear sunscreen or don't. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! This is my home! They're gonna need a fucking wrecking ball! Take me out of here!